Without another word, not trusting himself to speak, not trusting himself to betray the ecstasy in his heart, the mighty thunder god turns and steps out upon the window ledge with an easy stride, and then, with blinding bursts of speed, Thor hurls himself into the sky, his heart bursting with joy, his very lungs aching to cry out in sheer happiness. She loves me! She loves me! Welcome to this week's episode of Across the Bifrost, the Mighty Thor podcast, where we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am, as always, your host, Ryan Doze, and on today's show, we cover the latest three issues in our throwback series. We are going to be getting some awesome returns and a fun first appearance of a brand new villain in Thor's rogues gallery today. And joining me aboard the Rainbow Bridge to break down all three of these issues is my dear friend, Eric Fisher. He is stopping by to talk some comics with us and just uh, adventure with us, banter with us, and have a great time time. Before we get started today, I must encourage you, dear listener, dear person out there journeying aboard the Rainbow Bridge with us, if you would go rate, review, and subscribe to Across the Bifrost, wherever you're finding this great podcast, we would greatly appreciate that your listenership is uh, is wanted, it's needed, and it's so uh, meaningful to me. If you would go the extra mile, that would just be uh, a cherry on top, the whipped cream on top of the sundae the icing on top of the cake. It would be very appreciated. So if you would do that, that would be awesome. Thanks again, friends, for your listenership. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you again, those of you who have been waiting for a Facebook group or a Facebook page to engage with, we'll be getting that up in the next week so that we can just have more ways to engage with you and talk about the mighty Thor, his adventures, his characters, his world. We want to engage with you as many different ways as we can. That is our next milestone that we're going to be reaching Next week, until then, we are going to jump into the three issues of Journey into Mystery that Eric and I had the pleasure of covering this last week, and I hope you enjoy this journey. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar, you'll behold in breathless wonder. Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of our throwback series. I am joined by returning guest and Marvel Comics extraordinaire, Eric Fisher, my good friend from uh, here in my realm, which is also uh, Eric's realm. Whoo, man, I'm not going to lie, listeners. I'm, I'm feeling a little, uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling goofy tonight. This has been a long recording session, but Eric is here to talk about comics. And he hails from what realm, Eric? What realm of of the nine realms do you hail from? Uh, Midgard, right? <laughs> Correct, Nebraska <laughs> of Midgard fame. Um, we are uh, we're back, and Eric, you joined us a while back for. Uh, I believe we talked a bunch of Zarco stories last time. 
we yep. were gra- graced by you. Well, tonight we are going to talk about Hyde, Cobra, and we get a fantastic first appearance by a, uh, a, a an under-celebrated villain of the Marvel Universe, the Grey Gargoyle. So we will cover him in just a few minutes after we have talked through Journey into Mystery, number 105. This issue is entitled The Cobra and Mr. Hyde. The creative team on this issue, it was written by Happy Stan Lee. It was drawn by Healthy Jack Kirby. It was inked by Husky Chick Stone. Yikes. <laughs> it was lettered hastily by Artie Simic. Uh, I love reading these descriptions of the creative teams and how Stan Lee would, uh, would, uh, he would uh, try to build the characters of not only the superheroes and supervillains, but also the creators. Um, I thought those are uh, just very well done. Also, I, 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 I never miss an opportunity to tell listeners that Chick Stone is the greatest name in Marvel Comics. Um, Husky, it's Chick Stone. It's, uh, and, and hey, I feel like it would work with, with me if I, I'm, I'm Husky Ryan Doe's, much like Husky <laughs> Chick Stone. Um, so we'll jump into the synopsis for this issue. A lovesick Thor confronts his feelings for Jane Foster under the guise of Dr. Donald Blake. Thor dreams of the life he could lead. Jane believes Dr. Blake does not love her and he remains distant. In his office, Thor, as Dr. Blake, is attacked by Cobra and Mr. Hyde. So just on first glance, Eric, notice how the issue is entitled The Cobra and Mr. Hyde, but the entire description is Jane and Don, Jane and Don, Jane and Don. Oh yeah, and also the uh, human cobra and Hyde show up. Yeah, it's um, yeah. Our, our love story is front and center on this issue. There are no significant first appearances in this issue, dear listener. But we will go page by page through this issue. Um, once, uh, Eric, what were some of your first impressions of this issue? Kind of just going into it. Um, Last time you were on, we covered some Zarko stories, and those were just, um, you know, uh, legend legendary uh, issues that everyone should go out and read. I I say, of course, sarcastically. Um, these issues, uh, the Hyde and Cobra issues, what were uh, some of your first impressions of them? Uh, One hundred five. The first, I think it's within the first three pages. You get that little tree of uh giant man and and wasp a little oh my goodness <laughs> that we enjoy so much we'll we'll get to hank pym <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> so sp- speaking of the first few pages uh, eric let us let us jump uh, aboard the rainbow bridge and into this journey into mystery we on the first page the opening splash page we see uh, you know our descriptions of the creators we see the big title uh the dynamically drawn title of the issue and the avengers are finishing up a meeting because they do this very regularly now it's like uh it's like their own little clubhouse that they're uh they're finishing up this meeting and some odd conversations happen on on pages uh one and two uh, Janet Van Dyne, the Wasp, uh, who Thor does not know is Janet Van Dyne, because the Avengers do not know each other's identities at this point. I was just going to mention that. 
What was that? I was just going to mention that because I found that it didn't occur to me until I read it in this issue that they, at this point in time, they didn't know each other's identities. I mean, other than Captain America, right? Because yes, <laughs> because uh, Steve Rogers is the uh, the original American hero, of course. Right. Uh, Janet asks Thor a question that is very leading. Janet says, "Do you have a girlfriend, Thor?" And <laughs> Hank, ever ever the empathetic uh, uh, male love interest, says, "Hush, Wasp. You know our code. None of us is to pry into the personal lives of any of the others." Like, yikes, man, calm down. <laughs> Just a simple question. Um, Hank, Hank gets a little, uh, he gets a little, uh, uh, bit of an ego trip there, bossing Janet around. And, uh, then the, the, the meeting disperses, and, and the panel that Eric referred to happens in the middle of page two. It has nothing to do with Thor, but it has everything to do with Hank Pym being a giant man butthead. <laughs> Hank said they're flying away on their ants and uh, Eric do you have the, the issue open in front of you I don't I don't well then I, I will read it for both you and the listeners to enjoy Hank Pym says because uh, they ask you know, how, how did how did they know that to have the ants you know ready to, to go you know Janet didn't want her wings to get tired and Hank says I had them waiting outside the window, Jan. I wanted to surprise you. Oh, what a what a romantic, uh, what a romantic Romeo you are! And then Janet says, "Some surprise. Other girls get flowers, candies, and jewelry, and I get a flying ant." Yes, Janet, <laughs> you partnered up with the wrong guy if you wanted those things. Is is it a surprise by this point? That's the that's the real. Yeah, point. yeah, that that is a good point. <laughs> she knows that she's she's uh she's in a romantic relationship with a guy who's really into bugs, and she's surprised that she got a bug for a surprise. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like I feel like flowers, candy, and jewelry would have been the real surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh we see uh, Thor fly away, and he's going on patrol. And as he's on patrol, he runs into the cobra, the cobra. Uh, throws uh, some kind of um, cobra dart at him that blinds Thor and the cobra escapes and he crawls in the window of an apartment belonging to one Dr. Calvin Zabo who uh, we know by another name Mr. Hyde. Thor uh, is pursuing the cobra but he doesn't really know where the cobra has gone and uh, as the cobra sneaks into Zabo's apartment Zabo doesn't see him at first, but he is um, he is alerted that there's an intruder, and he turns himself into the villainous monster, Mr. Hyde. And the two share a quick little skirmish and fight until they both find out that they desire uh, to defeat the mighty Thor. So, uh, Eric, we're introduced to the two villains of this issue. Uh, just briefly bring listeners kind of up to speed on your your thoughts on Hyde and Cobra these villains that have shown up so far in the Silver Age and, and they will show up several times in the uh, continuing issues of of this run of Thor yeah a- admittedly my my knowledge on on 
Cobra is is significantly less than that of Mr. Hyde. Um, okay, so then what of Mr. Hyde? Uh, well, I so it didn't occur to me how uh, how closely tied Mr. Hyde was to Thor until I started reading through these books. Um, and th- I, I, he's faced both of these guys earlier on in, in Journey into Mystery too. Yes, uh, but I like I said the the previous fight with Cobra was far less memorable than than I guess Mr. Hyde was to me for some reason and and yeah. still, still to this day mr hyde stands out like i couldn't i couldn't i could could probably hazard to guess what cobra's name was if if you just showed me a picture of him but i wouldn't i wouldn't know like his real name or anything like that um oh i i, I don't i don't think that klaus Voorhees, the dreaded human <laughs> cobra would appreciate <laughs> the, uh, the 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 shade that you have thrown his way, uh, but Mr. Hyde definitely has he has preserved into the modern era much more significantly than right. the Human Cobra. You, you're you're right there. I with with the Human Cobra, I kind of picture him talking like Cobra Commander from GI <laughs> Joe. Um, I, I obviously they can't write voices into this, but I, it kind of as a reader. It kind of I have a little more fun with it when I picture him in that high, snivelly, you know, uh, raspy voice. Um, <laughs> when uh, when the two villains realize that they uh, they have more in common than they might um, they might have thought previously, Cobra says, "Well then, you shall not fight Thor alone. He is my enemy too. Alone, each of us has almost beaten him. Together, we cannot fail." That is a high, high compliment for yourself, Mr. Cobra. And Hyde responds with, the Cobra and Mr. Hyde. And you are right. Why fight each other when we could join forces and conquer Thor? So clearly they are, uh, they're on the same page for this issue. We jump back to the doctor's office of Dr. Blake where Thor has arrived and is uh, making up some excuse as to why he was in his lab all, you know, all day. And Jane and him have a, an exchange of uh, what I've called an exchange of thought bubbles where they, um, they just don't know what to think of each other. Um, they, they both proclaim that, you know, they, they love the other, but the other one doesn't love them back. You know, that very soap opera dramatic um, tone in these panels. And we jump back to Hyde and Cobra. They're coming up with their plan to defeat Thor and they start off their plan by distracting Thor uh, with a public display of tyranny. Hyde attacks a jewelry store, and Don Blake hears about it on the radio. He transforms into Thor. He jumps into action, and he chases uh, chases Hyde through the crowd. We come into the uh, second aspect of the plan, where Cobra is off. Uh, on a, on a building side with an invention that Hyde has created uh, called oh my goodness I cannot remember what the invention is called it is da, 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 a time reversal ray the time reversal ray basically uh, they'll use it to uh, shoot the ray at Thor and then it will reverse time so that they can find out where Thor has originated from they find out that Thor has come from the office of Dr. Don Blake. And Hyde and Cobra go to Don Blake's office just as Don 
has uh, made a little bit of a proclamation to himself. He says on page 11, If Thor may not marry a mortal girl, Dr. Blake may. All I have to do is give up my other identity. Neither, Never become Thor again, but I can I give it up? There's only one way to find out. I'll lock my cane in the steel cabinet for, for a full day. No matter what happens, I won't retrieve it. And without it, I cannot become the God of Thunder. Uh, there's a few things that I'd like to talk about here, Eric, with him <laughs> locking his cane away. I thought, I I thought it. it was going to be uh, the panel where uh, Cobra has his ankles up by his head. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're completely right. We need to talk about um, uh, the Cobra's delightful dexterity, uh, first and foremost. He, he is just drawn weird. He's drawn so he's drawn like Gumby. In both of these, in both of these books, 105 and 106, there are some alarming panels of, of his contortionist abilities. He just, he's just an odd, an odd looking villain. Uh, and he, he's not even on the panel that uh, Eric is referring to on page 10 of this uh, of this issue of Journey into Mystery. He's not even hanging on to the wall at all. Like his yeah. arms are attached to the time reversal ray, and his ankles are just laying on the on the side of the building. It's like Cobra, how are you attached to this building, man? It's just truly that's your superpower. You just adhesively stuck to these buildings. It's fantastic. The <laughs> proclamation that Don Blake makes, he's like, "I will never become Thor again." Okay, Don, uh, but can I give it up? He almost feels like someone who's uh, quitting smoking. He's like, I can stop any, I can stop being Thor anytime I want. I can quit cold turkey. I'll just, you know, I'll lock my magic, I'll lock my magical enchanted cane in the cabinet, and I'll just never become Thor again. And he gives himself the 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 date of one one day. For one day, he will not become Thor, no matter what happens. Well, never mind. Last for panel and a half, or page and a half. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Eric. Never mind the fact that Don Blake is portrayed up to this point as being lame, quote unquote lame. I didn't even pick up on that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's like a defining factor of who Don Blake is, is that he's this broken doctor that needs a cane to walk. But, you know, if he's not going to be Thor anymore, I guess he doesn't need to be. Uh, I would physically impaired anymore either. I would rather have the love of Jane Foster than be able to walk upstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we see almost, almost immediately after Don Blake has locked his cane away, Hyde and Cobra show up and Jane is returning back to the, to the office and she is taken hostage and she's taken kidnapped by uh, Hyde and the Cobra. They, interrogate Don Blake to tell them where Thor is and Don plays these two geniuses these two scientists who have turned into supervillains he he just completely uh, bamboozles them with his plan Don says on page uh, 13 very well I will tell you open the locked steel cabinet behind you and I'll tell you where you can find Thor so here's something about Don I will go a full day without Thor more like, I will go a full minute without becoming Thor. Uh, and he, he gets the hide, gets the cane out, and 
he is uh Hyde is actually the one that stamps the cane down on the ground and then Don Blake becomes Thor and of course you know there's three there's three other people in the room with you know the gift of eyesight and none of them see Don Blake become Thor so uh Thor fights with Hyde and Cobra and they uh they move their fight out to the street and Thor pursues Hyde all the way into the machine show along the way Hyde just causes so much destruction uh, he's really uh he's he's a menace to infrastructure everywhere and when they are in the machine show i would really like to know eric just some of your opinions on the on the jack kirby drawings in the machine show uh just phenomenal phenomenal stuff what did you think about jack's ability to draw these machines and these very detailed um very detailed uh, mechanical creations <laughs> uh it's 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 interesting it's an interesting plot piece isn't it like uh not only is there uh a nondescript machine show happening down the street but uh both of these villains know how to operate these machines expertly (laughs) of course They're smart enough to figure out complex machinery, but not smart enough to figure out that Don Blake and Thor are the same people. Um, or turn instead of following the advice of the doctor that just told him to look out the window. My goodness, <laughs> just true. They are they're villainous buffoons. <laughs> um, on the last page of this issue, we uh, the the cliffhanger ending is given to us uh, where Cobra grabs one of the machines and a kind of a a big crane and it it is able to remove the hammer from the hand of Thor and Thor uh, just exclaims, my hammer! And the hammer is, you know, sucked up into the machine and we're given that ultimatum that Thor often has of 60 seconds and I will no longer be Thor. I will revert back to Don Blake. There is one panel on this last page, Eric, I just wanted to draw um, particular attention to. The top left panel is Thor. uh, Hyde has thrown a machine, a piece of of, uh, some debris at Thor, and Thor blocks the machine being thrown at him with the hammer. And it's a red and yellow explosion around Thor. It's just truly a, a great kinetic panel drawn by jack kirby it's it's almost cosmic in the way it's done but it it, there's no stars there's no sunburst there's no um, rainbow bridge it's just drawn very well and it was one of the panels in this issue that particularly caught my attention yeah there's some it seems like at least once or twice in these these old issues you get you're treated to those those jack kirby uh frame you know uh, where where he really just goes to town and just kind of um really puts it all out uh, on the page and it's 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 pretty cool i, I you know I, I joke a lot about the old the old issues and the old art and stuff but uh you can't you can't deny you can't deny jack kirby art you know for what it is yeah, I mean, truly, it it um, it, it belong it belongs in art galleries. It's it's 
it's so it's so well done um so we we conclude this issue this cliffhanger issue of journey to mystery 105 uh, the cobra and mr hyde eric would you have listeners read this or leave this and tell um, us why why you would diagnose the issue either way i think i think if kind of like you and I have been, if you're going back and you're getting back into journey in the mystery, um, I can say most of these issues I've never read before. Right. Until, okay. Until um, fairly recently. Uh, if you're, if you're getting back into these old issues, it's probably a read because Mr. Like I said, you don't really understand how closely tied to Thor, Mr. Hyde is until you get back into these old issues and realize, wow, they were, they really had this rivalry for quite a while. Um, it plays out many times in these early uh, Silver Age comics. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And like I said, I didn't, ha- I had no idea that, that they were that closely knit together. Um, and in, in both issues, 105 and 106, you, uh, Thor has some very creative and very uh, 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 elaborate uh, descriptors for Mr. Hyde and how evil he is. Whereas yes. with with Cobra, he just kind of treats him like this this goofball. <laughs> yeah. But with Mr. Uh, Hyde, he's very very attentive in the way that he describes how evil Mr. Hyde is. You can definitely tell since since this is the first time that Hyde and Cobra have teamed up, and they'll team up uh, in upcoming issues very frequently. Actually, you can tell that Hyde is the 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 one, and Cobra is the two. Right. Hyde is the one that is calling most of the shots. He is the stronger one of the two. He is the more gifted uh, intellectually. And Cobra feels a little bit like a sidekick. But the team of Hyde and Cobra will return in our next issue of Journey into Mystery, number 106, The Thunder God Strikes Back. Um, my goodness, I, I just could not think of a, of a more uh, lame parody of The Empire Strikes Back than, than this. Um, I, I read that title and I was like, man. I'm so glad that George Lucas redeemed the the strikes back titling uh, mechanism there. The creative team on this issue of Journey into Mystery. The same as the last time, but I want to read the descriptions that uh, were given on this opening splash page. This issue of Journey into Mystery was written fairly well by Stan Lee. It was drawn not too badly by Jack Kirby. It was inked kind of nice by Chick Stone, and it was lettered pretty fair by Art Simic. So Stanley obviously uh, showing off some of his self-deprecating humor there, and uh, a little bit of his uh, his uh, just inter- his entertainment value when people would open up these issues of Journey into Mystery and Marvel Comics in the Silver Age. The synopsis of this issue. Mr. Hyde and Cobra continue to give Thor trouble, and when they prevent him from switching in and out of his human form, during the battle, Dr. Blake is able to apprehend both villains, but must identify Thor as a vigilante god to protect his identity. 
Back at the office, Jane feels betrayed by Dr. Blake as she knows Thor to be a hero. How much longer can Thor live this double life? The, the, the suspense is building. How much longer can Thor live this double life, Eric? We'll find out in this issue of Journey into Mystery. Page one is the opening splash page, and we see the villains closing in on Thor, and it begins our recap. On page two, we get a recap of everything that happened last issue. I do find it interesting that they can perfectly encapsulate the story from last issue in one page, uh, but they feel no uh, no remorse in taking 19 pages to tell us this one-page story. <laughs> uh, so th- these recaps, Eric, do you find these recaps uh, helpful as we, as we reread them, or is it more of a just a, a a thing of the age as these comics were coming out obviously people couldn't just run down to a comic book store and grab back issues for them i think i think they're i think they're it's funny like you said it's funny that they can do three or four panels of recap and and give you give you basically what you need in order to continue but um yeah, I think I, I like them. I like them for that value alone, just because uh, you kind of look at them and you're like, well, okay, I guess I didn't need to read that last issue. <laughs> <laughs> but we do need to continue on in this this rousing part two of the uh, hiding cobra, their their latest attempt to defeat the mighty Thor. Thor, uh, as the villains are closing in on him, he tears up the floor and he escapes into the crowd to avoid transforming back into Don Blake in view of his adversaries. Then on page four, while he is in the crowd, uh, Don transforms, uh, Thor transforms back into Don amidst the hectic crowd. And he's trying to work to get his cane outside of the machine that uh, Cobra had put in in last issue cobra had removed the hammer from the hand of thor and hyde is chasing down thor through this crowd and he's trying to get get to thor and he's calling out anyone to reveal where thor is meanwhile outside on page five the police have surrounded the building and cobra is starting to second guess their plan because the cops have showed up and Hyde just Hyde goes full bore. He he's just pushing through, and Don is still attempting to grab his cane out of the machine. Kind of the last little bit of of this segment of the issue. Hyde tells Thor to reveal himself on page six, and Don Blake comes out of the crowd and he says that he will give up Thor if he can get his cane back. Now. I am I'm I'm just gonna do a little bit of retrospective here, Eric, and you feel free to straighten out my logic in any way you feel needs to be. These villains are so foolish with this man and his cane. The last <laughs> time they retrieved his cane from the steel cabinet, Thor showed up. So obviously if they get his cane back, they know Thor is gonna show up. They have not put the two biggest obvious pieces together that Don Blake is Thor and the cane is important. Uh, so maybe Hyde and Cobra don't deserve to beat Thor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
But it is nice of him to keep getting his cane back for him. They, they are they are true gentleman villains. <laughs> They're always willing to help help Doctor Blake uh, in uh, in in the process of Thor beating them to a pulp. <laughs> On page nine, Hyde uh, they've, they've retrieved the the cane from the machine. Cobra tries to get in there by slithering, you know, through the machines. Um, I'm sure those are the some of the pages you referred to earlier where his limbs just don't make sense as they're going through this machine it just there's one page one panel on page seven where it's just it's just really his back and his butt kind of hanging out of a (laughs) of a tube and you're not really sure how is he going to do this oh yeah yeah hide then just uh hide just rips the machine apart he cuts out the middleman and he rips the machine apart, gives the cane back to Thor, and or he gives the cane to Don, and Don turns immediately back into Thor, and Hyde retreats into the crowd. Thor takes out the cobra pretty easily, and Hyde uh, comes back around to hit Thor with a giant air sprayer that you know, would normally be used to just paint buildings. And Thor is taken out for a few seconds. Thunder God uh, short circuits the machine with uh, the electrical charge of his hammer. Then on page uh, 11, we see the police storm the building. Hyde escapes for good out of the building. They take Cobra into custody and Thor is not satisfied. He's continuing his search for the menacing Mr. Hyde. Thor, uh, yeah, he Cobra, like we said earlier, Cobra is taken out of the equation. He's kind of featured as the, the sidekick. Like Eric said, he's a little bit more of the forgettable one of the two. But Hyde escapes. We're done with the machine show. Eric, up until this point, uh, what are just kind of this fight scene that we've seen unfold at the machine show? Any panels that kind of stuck out to you um, during this fight scene? Uh, I really liked the one where Thor rips the floor off, <laughs> tears the yes. floor. Yes, and he says something like, uh, "This steel floor, I can, I can rip this steel floor up like paper or something like that." Let, and, let me let me uh, read it uh, verbatim, and and maybe we'll put some uh, some Stanley Stank on it. Uh, power which enables me to lift a section of this steel flooring as though it were made of paper. Uh, he says this average, even without the power of my hammer, have they forgotten the power of the mighty Thor? Right. He is he is nothing if not a uh, self-promoter. <laughs> my goodness. Yeah, that's a good one. I like I like that that singular image of him tearing that floor panel up. Yeah, it's it's another it's another very dynamic drawing uh, where you just they're almost uh, it's not obviously it's not you know 3d it's not drawn in that way but it, it almost appears kinetic in the energy you can you can almost hear what that would sound like if you were in the room this you know, metal creaking and Thor just uh, just really uh, exerting uh, his power and his strength on I, uh, I get the feeling that Kirby probably really enjoyed panels like that, like the one you said with the explosion, yes. and then yes. this one carrying a huge piece of floor up. Like that has to that had to have been fun to draw. 
Because their panels, we've talked about this in the past, they're panels that are drawn with motion. And as dumb as that might sound, there are some panels that stand out and you, you, you feel it. You feel the movement, the, the goal that he had as an artist to make us feel like that was actually happening. Um, and it's coming at us in a way. There's a few panels even towards the end where we'll, we'll get that same kind of vibe. But on page 14, Hyde, Zabo has turned back into Hyde as he follows Thor, who is patrolling the streets to find the, the one villain that he, he has not defeated yet, the, the villain that he needs to defeat to you know, have the matching set. Uh, he encounters Thor again. They fight, and the hammer is knocked loose from Thor's grip. And Thor has a great thought bubble here where he, he kind of just comes to a, 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 says here on page 14, a startling decision. Thor thinks, let it lie. If I cannot defeat this evil bil- villain barehandedly within one minute, I am not worthy of the name of Thor. So Thor just decides, hey, that hammer that I worked so hard to get back, I don't even need it now. So he, he goes to fight uh, Hyde, and they crash through some apartment buildings, and there's a water heater that's the radiator heater that's thrown at him. I thought that was a, a fun little uh, bit of scenery that gets <laughs> tossed Thor's way. Hyde tears apart a staircase, and they just kind of tussle and wrestle uh, through the streets for a few pages, and then Thor finally swings Hyde uh, towards the police, and they're able to apprehend him. Thor says on page 17, Let me grasp thee, referring to the hammer, my beloved Uru Mallet. Let me feel thy heft. Together, we are as, we are as noble Odin would will it. We are invincible. He's, again, uh, he's very aware of his, his own power, especially in this issue. Then we come to the last page, and uh, the, the melodrama between Don Blake and Jane Foster is back. Jane is convinced that Don is a coward because Don ratted out Thor, and to, to her, he has betrayed Thor, who has saved both her and Don so many times. She is angry with him, and uh, Don. Don even says on this last page, "I thought this was a very, um, this is a very good panel." As Thor, I am forbidden to love a mortal woman, and now, even as Don Blake, I have lost the girl I desire. Thus, even in victory, I ha- I am defeated. Is loneliness and sorrow the price I must pay for being Thor, the god of thunder? So, Eric, any final impressions on? Journey into Mystery 106, before we ask you the ever-important question, would you read this or would you leave this? Uh, so as we were talking, it reminded me of one thing I did think of when I was reading 106. And Absolutely. It, it, it kind of plays out in 105, too. The, the number of times that Thor changes back to Donald Blake in these two issues, back and forth from Don to Thor, back into Don, back into Thor, um, and in 106, it's kind of it's kind of interesting because he does it again, not by choice, obviously, but um, Hyde changes back into uh, Calvin uh, to hide from Thor. Yes. Then he, 
tracks him down and changes back into Hyde. It was just something that kind of made me think for a minute. Like that's a kind of a, I don't know, kind of a strange, strange dynamic that I don't know if that was um, a purposeful thing, you know? Um, Well, I think it's a very good tactic. I mean, you're right. They do kind of mirror each other in that way that Zabo and, and Blake can both, you know, they both have these powerful alter egos and the changing, the transformation back and forth is almost used as the strategy for both of them during these issues. That's, you know, fantastic as always, Eric, a very, a very good pickup there. Thank you for that, you know, worthy inclusion. Yeah. Like I said, it was just kind of a, kind of a cool little tidbit that was in there that I didn't really think of until I I was finished reading it. And then I was, thinking back on it before um before we started talking that it was just kind of a neat little uh little side yeah a very good very good pickup would you suggest that listeners read this or leave this i think if you if you read 105 you kind of have to read 106 right yes Um, if you didn't read 105, you know, you got that full page recap right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what? Just just don't read 105. Read 106 and you'll have everything you need for a complete story. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's hard to say don't read it because if you don't read it and you just do the recap, you miss out on a lot of great artwork and a lot of, uh, you know, kind of amusing uh, thought bubbles from from both. Thor and Donald Blake and Jane Foster, um, not to mention Hank and Janet. You got <laughs> oh my goodness! Don't we <laughs> much like uh, one of our other f- frequent guests, Dan the Articulator does not. He does not appreciate the work of one Tony Stark. I cannot say that Eric and I have appreciated the work of one Hank Pym. <laughs> my goodness, what a colossal jerk! <laughs> so let's move on swiftly to Journey into Mystery 107, When the Grey Gargoyle Strikes. This is a really great issue, first appearance of uh, Paul Pierre Duval, the Grey Gargoyle. But first, we should share with you who the creative team on this issue was. As always, we will read it in Stan Lee's descriptions. And uh, we'll get a kick out of those. This issue of Journey into Mystery was written by Stan Lee, who really needs the money. It was drawn by Jack Kirby, who enjoys the practice. It was inked by Chick Stone, who loves publicity. And it was lettered by Art Simic, whoever he is. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I, I, I have noticed that throughout early Silver Age comics, Stan Lee does like to have a little bit of fun with the letterers because you know they, they saw this and they're like you're going to make me say that you're going to make me put those letters in there and write that out come on Stan <laughs> jeez man um, but yeah Stan you know being uh, like we've said entertaining and um, showing off some of his his penchant for pageantry and, and, and fun The brief synopsis that we get for this issue of Journey into Mystery is Thor versus the Grey Gargoyle. Following the confusion over his identity, 
Thor attempts to stage reconciliation between Thor and Donald Blake for the sake of Jane. Dr. Blake becomes the sole hero in the battle with the gray gargoyle. So as we've already said, even a few times, we get a significant first appearance here. Uh, The first appearance of Paul Pierre Duval, AKA the gray gargoyle. He is a French chemist who courtesy of a chemical accident gains the ability to turn anything to stone by touching it, turning his body to stone. Duval dons a mask and a cape. He becomes a criminal with the alias, the gray gargoyle. Duval, however, becomes a little, he comes a little bored with all of his achievements and he sets his sight on the thunder god, Thor, stealing his hammer Mjolnir to gain immortality. That's also just a little bit of a deeper synopsis into the issue itself. This issue does a really good job of fleshing out Duval's backstory. This is the first time that the Grey Gargoyle's stone spell uh, changes uh, in its consistency. So we'll, we'll look at this a little bit further in the actual issue. The Grey Gargoyle's stone touch has, through the years, had different time intervals. Sometimes it's a minute, and then the person you know regains their normal form. Sometimes it's an hour. Like in this first appearance of the Grey Gargoyle, it's an hour. And then the subject or the uh, item that he turns into stone reverts back to its regular form. Also, sometimes it has been portrayed the stone spell could last a day. So those are just a a few little uh, neat notes and uh, facts about the Grey Gargoyle himself. But let's jump into the story that he is featured in, Journey into Mystery 107, with Thor. There's a on the opening splash page on page one. There's a great little box that is included, where uh, Stan is kind of just trying to to sell up the the epicness of this story. He says, "Settle back in a cozy, comfortable chair. Be sure you won't be interrupted for a while. And please don't read this if you're in a hurry, because you're really going to enjoy this one." Young and old, big and small, mighty Thor has fought them all. But this time he comes up against a fantastic foe whose power might even destroy the Thunder God himself. We think you'll flip over this newest sinister star, the Grey Gargoyle. So they're just, you know, really, really trying to promote this villain as the next biggest uh, threat to the mighty Thor. Jumping into the first few pages, Eric, what, what would just kind of these first few pages we get kind of Thor and his blissful love of Jane. What is uh, what is kind of your first impressions of uh, the beginning of this story? <laughs> I, I thought that was I thought it was pretty funny, honestly, the the, the whole Thor in love kind of. Oh, so great. <laughs> she loves me she loves me <laughs> just kind of floating through the city screaming at people trying to enjoy themselves <laughs> he's just he's flying through the air she loves me she will be mine somehow some way i will win her love she fly he flies through a park and one guy on a bench is like did you hear thor's in love <laughs> it's like, that, is that news are we so starved for news <laughs> at this point <laughs> I, the 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 panel of Thor flying backwards through the the sky, 
proclaiming she loves me she loves me i think that that will probably become the album art for this uh this episode it's so good it's so cheesy it's so good uh okay we jump into the origin story of the gray gargoyle in pages four five and six after he has landed in new york and uh, he's landed specifically at the JFK International Airport. Again, Stan Lee just grounding these stories in the world that often he has said it's the world outside your window. So he's grounding us a little bit. And uh, Pierre Duval gets off of a plane and the, the, the stewardess, the steward, has um, found out that every other person on the plane has been turned into stone. Duval gets into a cab and then he turns the cabbie into a a stone statue and in between those two occurrences of his stone touch we get his backstory so eric let's talk a little bit about the backstory of the gray gargoyle um give me kind of some of your first impressions of him as a villain he's very silver age in 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 tone and feel um but just what were your first impressions of him the accident that makes him a villain and then his uh, his aspiring uh, his villainy I, I i would love to hear your opinions on on his introduction it, it's not it's not a bad origin I, I mean you can't it's hard to go wrong with the uh with the scientist experimenting on himself you got it with mr hyde uh, in the same way you know um the well, Hyde drinks the potion, which is always a questionable choice by a logical human being. But um, just don't it, drink anything that was in the lab, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, I, I thought it was all right. I thought it was a pretty good little synopsis, uh, you know, uh, synopsis of his origin story. Um, the reason for the reason for going evil is 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 kind of out there, you know, just uh, realizing that oh, I could I could rob a jewelry store uh, by, by turning the owner into stone for an hour. Then I realized my stone touch enabled me to accomplish almost anything. All I needed to do was rob a store. All I needed to do was to rob a store was touch the proprietor. It's like, dude. Y- why why you you went from you went from unfortunate uh you know uh unfortunate uh, lab experiment gone wrong to hey how about i robbed a bunch of people uh, <laughs> he, he give he gives up on his life of science very quickly yeah. and on uh on page six we even see him reading a newspaper in this flashback with uh, it's the paris post He's reading, and uh, while his butler serves him coffee, he proclaims that there's one thing that matters, the one thing I can accomplish with this awesome stone spell. I shall steal Thor's power of immortality. I don't know how he correlates the power of the hammer to the power of immortality, but he seems pretty convinced, and he heads off to he heads off to America to fight the mighty Thor. On the cover of on the cover of the paper that he's reading, the headline actually says, Thor's hammer flattens Cobra and Mr. Hyde in running battle. So it's a reference to the previous issues of Journey into Mystery. 
we jump over to page seven and we see the police have discovered that the stone statue of the the cabbie um it's it's and it's an actual it's an actual person and uh thor invokes the power he, he invokes the authority of the avengers on this page it's so fantastic he, he turns to a police officer and he says officer with the authority vested in me by the avengers i request permission to take this stone figure to dr don blake for detailed examination the officer responds with well, the Avengers have top federal priority, so he's all yours, big fella. <laughs> it's like, who who gives the Avengers jurisdiction just anywhere? Uh, that's um, that's a, a a new fact about the Avengers. We didn't know they can basically do whatever they want in the '60s. I, I, I thought it was funny too that the cat the cabbie being turned to stone was the was the uh, incident that got news, not the forty something people on the plane, right? It's like. <laughs> Yeah, what what can you do? They were from France. It's like, no, come on, man. <laughs> like, one New York cabbie gets turned into a statue. That's headline news. Forty people from France turned into fossils, and they're like, well, what what can you do? We move over to the statue being delivered to Don Blake's office, and we see the gray gargoyle preparing to go and uh, go and essentially uh, make his powers known to Don Blake. There is a cool panel on page nine after the gray gargoyle has, um, after the gray gargoyle has confronted Blake where he turns a paper airplane into stone. I thought that was a cool little page. Um, uh, and he <laughs> throws it right past Don's face. Uh, yeah. I enjoyed that. Uh, I'm sorry. What was that Eric? I said, I liked that one too. It was pretty cool. Yeah, that's another another front runner for the album art for this this episode. Uh, Don is chased by the gray gargoyle out of his office because uh, uh, Thor uh, Thor must be uh, brought into the fight for Don to to not uh, succumb to the stone touch of gray gargoyle. Goes up to the roof, and for a man who walks with a limp, Don sure can run fast. Um, that seems like a convenient little omission of continuity there. And Thor goes to the top of the building and he and Greg Argoyle fight on top of the building. They then uh, are fighting over the ledge. And there's a cool panel where Greg Argoyle is hanging off of the building. And Thor throws the hammer down towards the street through the, um, the ledge, I-, I believe, that Greg Argoyle is hanging on to and it just shatters it into a million pieces and uh, it's drawn very very well Greg Argoyle falls to the ground and the chase is on the uh, chase goes to a gas station where Greg Argoyle starts a spark and it, uh, it, it explodes and the hammer is disconnected from Thor and the Greg Argoyle goes to lift it but because of the enchantment that Odin had put on the hammer, he is unable to lift the hammer. But in the kind of the scuffle of Thor trying to get his hammer back in the Grey Gargoyle trying to lift it, he touches Thor with his stone touch. And then he escapes because the police officers um, have arrived to chase off the Grey Gargoyle. One of the officers has a fantastic line here 
that I would love to read for both Eric and the listeners. <laughs> He's got a flamethrower attached to his back because all New York cops have flamethrowers attached to their backs. He says, turn the flamethrowers on him. They're the only things that can stop him. Flame can turn stone to lava. It's like, thanks for the science lesson, man. Let's just get this guy. Uh, the, uh, flamethrower, if you're turning stone into lava. <laughs> my goodness. It just it, uh, It's just so campy and incredible, and I love it. Um Greg Gargoyle escapes, and as the as the statue of Thor, the stone statue of Thor is uh, is just kind of falling. The hammer hits the ground, and it turns Don Blake back into, or it turns Thor back into Don Blake. Then the next page, uh, number fourteen. I will I will summarize this one as quickly as possible because it is, it's a lot of convoluted uh, reasons that Don Blake gets a. 3D projector from a local studio. He gets this because of his relationship with Tony Stark. And uh, he gets this 3D projector and because of, you know, being an Avenger and, and knowing Thor and knowing Tony. And he is projecting a image of Thor ahead of him while he's riding a motorcycle. Yes, he has attached a 3D camera to a motorcycle and he is driving through the streets of New York. It is ridiculous, campy, and kind of awesome. And the Great Gargoyle is drawn out by the image of Thor. And as we reach the culmination of this chase, Don rides the motorcycle close enough to the harbor and the image of Thor disappears. And the Great Gargoyle jumps into the harbor after the illusion of, of Thor and he sinks to the bottom. Don has a really metal and really hardcore line here towards the end. He says, well, I guess the great gargoyle finally found the immortality he wanted at the bottom of the sea. <laughs> Yikes, Don, that is dark. <laughs> that is dark, man. Uh, and then the uh, the episode uh, wraps up with um, with the uh, the re, uh, re the rediscovering of Don Blake's courage, and Jane can now believe that Don uh, maybe isn't that bad. And Thor speaks on Don's behalf uh, and gives gives the Doc some credibility in front of Jane. So we have that little loose end tied up. Eric, anything else from this issue that um, maybe jumped out to you that you enjoyed? Um, and then we will uh, we will ask you the most important question in all of Across the Bifrost. Would you read it or would you leave it? I, I like I like this episode. I like the ending and the whole uh, Thor has to rebuild Don's image in Jane's eyes because he kind of you know stepped in it on his own. Uh, in the last two with Don acting like a coward so that he, you know, that he could get his cane back 50 times. But yes. <laughs> uh, I'd like, I thought it was a pretty good, a pretty good issue. Um, the ending, like you said, was pretty, pretty interesting. Um, you know, Don jumping the, jumping the bike into the, into the harbor and crawling out of the harbor himself and kind of reflecting on <laughs> 
I couldn't. I couldn't help but think that if there would have been a, a Mighty Thor movie done at the time, that Steve McQueen would have played Don Blake, and he would have jumped that motorcycle into the harbor. Um, and then he would just gone out and said just some badass line like that, you know. Uh, it's it's very um, uh, almost actually almost like a Charles Bronson, um, right? He's like, well, I guess what he got what he wanted at the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> dude, you are too hardcore for this kid. Walk away. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's it. This is equivalent of walking away after you like blow up a building or something like that. Don is just—he's so metal. Um, and uh, yeah, so that that wraps up this issue of Journey into Mystery number one hundred and seven, uh, entitled "When the Gray Gargoyle Strikes." Eric, would you suggest that listeners read this or leave this? Uh, of of the three of the issues that we covered on this on this episode i think this might have been my favorite uh, okay just, just because it was so off the wall um, absolutely and everybody wants to read first appearances right uh gray gargoyle may may not be at the top of your list but it's a good it's a good first appearance episode and and they're careful not to say that you know that he's gone forever at the end there too so um We've got to we've got to expand the rogues gallery somehow, right? Um, yep. and, and usually, if you're a Thor villain, you get thrown into a harbor or a or a, a bay, as the Cobra and Mister Hyde were in their first appearances. You're probably coming back. Yeah, uh, you're probably coming back. So, and I know the Great Gargoyle actually shows up in, uh, in a handful of issues, um, so he'll be back sooner rather than later. But Eric, I wanted to say. <laughs> find his way back out of the Gulf Stream. Yeah, he he he'll just he'll float back up. He'll float back up, you know, to shore, and he'll just he'll press play on on this resumed battle with with Thor and Don Blake. So, Eric, I just want to say thank you again, man, for joining us tonight. Uh, appreciate you breaking down these three issues of Journey into Mystery, and uh, we will we will see you down the road, good sir. Of course. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. That about does it for the show today, everybody. I want to thank you again for joining us aboard the Rainbow Bridge to talk about three issues in our throwback series. want to thank Eric for stopping by. He's always a delight to have on the podcast, especially when we get to talk about the campy Silver Age villains of Thor like Hyde and Cobra and the first appearance of the Great Gargoyle, which we did today. It was a lot of fun. If you want to continue the conversation with us, Feel free to reach out to us at Mighty Thor Podcast on Instagram. And those of you who are waiting for a Facebook group, we are going to be getting that up in the next week. And I will send out some information probably on next week's episode. And you'll be able to join us, engage with us there. As always, 
Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to the show, wherever great podcasts can be found. I have been Ryan Doze. You have been an amazing listener, uh, co-adventurer on the Bifrost today. And until we join you again aboard the Rainbow Bridge, I must encourage you to stay worthy.